0: You are listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times, and how you can connect, please visit CrosspointChurchTX.org. Well, it's been requested that we keep this series going as long as LaGrange is in the playoffs. And so we'll just keep going. We're Hopefully that we'll be doing this around Christmas time, and we'll just... Figure out how to keep adding to this. All right, but um, here we are. We've been in this several weeks now, first and ten, and uh, it's been a fun series for me to uh, be a part of, to study, to prepare for, and I love the feedback that I'm getting from you guys. As far as hey, when I first heard we were doing a series on the Ten Commandments, everybody's like, "Oh, that's old stuff. Like I've heard all that, and we knew that in kids. That's checking off lists and all that stuff." But it's been fun to hear back of like, man, this has been really relevant to my life, and um, I think that's one of the things that I love about this series and I love about teaching God's Word is God's Word is living and active and dynamic, and it is something that changes our hearts and our minds and our souls, that every time we open up God's Word and we ask God, what are you saying to us, He speaks back, that His Word is a mirror to us, and uh, whenever we look at it, we see who God is and we see that we're not God. And that God wants to do, not behavior modification on us, but he wants to do some heart transformation. And I think that's the beauty of the Ten Commandments in this series on 1st and 10, is the realization is that God isn't having us check off boxes, but he truly wants to delve into our heart and our soul and do transformation there, and that that comes out on how we behave and how we think and how we love our neighbor. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, hopefully you've Worn some spots there, and it's got some greasy fingerprints from you spending some time there today, and we're going to finish up with the last one. And interestingly enough, all of these before kind of have this idea where you can check them off, all right, and if we look at all the other moral codes that societies and cultures that we've found historically and archaeologically have similar type things, like do not murder, do not cheat. Do not, so, so some of those type of things, but none of them have this heart issue, okay, that is coveting. So what it does is it allows us to think, okay, hey, I, yeah, I can, I know that God is God. I know that I can worship God in the right way. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I don't, so we kind of think we've got all this together and God throws this last one in for us. And I think what he wants us to understand is, is that we are not God and he is constantly working on us and we need to be in his presence and Worship the right God in the right way and the way that he does that is transforms the heart this word coveting all of us Struggle with so if you have your bibles exodus chapter 20 verse 17. This is what it says You must not covet your neighbor's house You must not covet your neighbor's wife male or female servant ox or donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbor I know some of you are thinking, I don't have an ox or a donkey, so we're good. I'm not worried about it. We'll get to that. All right? So let's break that down. You must not covet your neighbor's house. Now, listen, I know, because we, we talk about all the time with different people, like, man, I wish I had a swimming pool, or man, I wish I had a little bit extra room, or I'm thinking about adding on, and man, I really need granite countertops. And I mean, Home Depot and Lowe's are proof of the fact that we covet Right? I know some of you, and when we lived in Denver, people would find out that or DIY or HGTV or whatever was going to be in town, and they would troll Lowe's and Home Depot hoping to be the person chosen. And my wife, I mean, there were a lot of Saturdays where my wife was out there because we were hoping, right? I mean, we were like, please pick us. We covet something better about our house. It's, I don't, it's that, you know, the American dream or whatever it is. We think, man, if, If I could just have the better backyard with the swimming pool and the the fire pit and everything, then that's my vacation away. I can relax. I'll be a nice person all of a sudden. Whatever that is that we think. So we, we covet our neighbor's house, right? You must not covet your neighbor's wife. If I'd have married her, I'd be much happier. Okay? If my wife this, or maybe this for you ladies, look at that guy. He's funny, he's smart, he's good with the kids, he can cook, he cleans, he knows how a vacuum cleaner works. I mean, he can do the dishes, all that stuff. Why can't my guy be like that? And listen, that was a description of me, so I just want you to know, I asked Becky beforehand. Um, are y'all awake? Yeah. You must not covet your neighbor's male or female servant, or ox or donkey. No? No, I mean we're in the place where yeah we do that right. Um, I I need that car. That's the modern horse or donkey. I need that Ford Raptor. That's hundred thousand dollars. It will help me get to H E B faster. I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean you. I need that four by four. I mean all these different things that we do to justify like selling up. We sell ourselves that we need. Things. I mean, in the day, if they'd have had horns for donkeys, I mean, there would have been guys selling them, you know, like people coming through town, honk, honk, donkey on the right. I mean, that's just, that's who we are. Or what about this? So-and-so went to Hawaii or so-and-so went to Mexico. The only vacations I get to take are to grandma's house, right? We do that. We, We covet those things. Or even sometimes we're like, I wish my kids were like those kids. And you don't really get to see inside of the house, but you get a glimpse of those things and you covet some of those things. You must not covet, and if so, any of those things don't get you, he adds on, you must not covet anything else that belongs to your neighbor. I wish I had his or her job. I had a wish I had his or her whatever. I wish I had an easy life like them. And again, all of these are perspectives of We get what people project to us, what they want us to see. And so if other people are working hard at building an image so that they look good to us, then that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a filtered life from other people. And so we are proclaiming and wanting and coveting something that's not even real in their own life. It's just what they're portraying to us. And we see that more and more and more in our world. That's a social media world. We're taking pictures and we're like 5,000 pictures to get the right picture. And then we filter it so that the light and we do all these different things. We don't just do that with our social media. We do that with our life and with our conversations, with the cars that we buy, with the houses we buy, with the clothes that we wear. All the different things that we're doing. We're doing those things to portray an image to others because we have an idea of how we want people to view us. And so in our heart of hearts, we're looking at others and we're thinking, oh, they have a better job, they have a better spouse, their kids are their kids mind me, I'm sure their kids clean the room. I mean, all these different things that we go on and we covet something and we're not in their house and we do not know. And here's what I'll tell you is anytime you move something in someone's house, you will find some cobwebs and some junk. All of us have it. Quit coveting someone else's house, take care of your own. As the scripture tells us, I think one of the beautiful things about the Ten Commandments is it helps us understand that if we water the grass, the field that God has given us, our eyes will stay here and not always in pursuit of something else. God provides for us and provides exactly what we need when we need it, and it's for us. It's uniquely for us. Some of the things that our neighbors have and they're dealing with possess them, and they wish they didn't have them because they're owned by them. For us to be followers of Jesus, this idea of coveting is a heart issue. What it tells us is that we don't trust that God cares enough about us to provide exactly what we need when we need it and why we need it. There's nothing wrong with noticing what other people have. God has naturally given us this thing called desires. We desire ...for other things. So there's nothing wrong with desire. That's kind of what moves us, right? That gives us the will and motivation to keep moving on. But our tendency is to not stop there. And when we don't stop there, then we stop being thankful for the things that God's given us. When we stop being thankful for the things that God has put in our life already, we begin to covet others. And we think, God, you owe me this. We get into this mindset of, God, you owe me this, when in reality, he owes us nothing... He's already given us the best gift that we can possibly have in the person of Jesus Christ. And if we have said yes to him, then he's given us everything that we need. He is all sufficient. He's all powerful. Even the song that we just sang, that last song, that he is resurrection, resurrecting me. That is a great biblical truth. That. Many of us are in our lives, the reason that we're struggling with some stuff and we're not free is because we haven't understood the truth that the power of God that resurrected Jesus from death to life now resides within inside of you through the Holy Spirit. And the very things that we're struggling with, the places that we need victory, the possibility is there because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is ready to raise you from death to life in that area. He's given us everything that we possibly need. When we said yes to Jesus, he resides within inside of us. And we're always, because our eyes lose focus on up here, we get focused down here at temporary things and the shiny little trinkets. And we think, if I just have this, then this will make me happy. If I just have this, this will make my life more complete. And God's saying, I have given you everything you need. Quit being distracted by the little shiny trinkets that the world has to offer that are temporary. Pursue me. Covet me because God is jealous for our affections. He knows the reason that he's jealous for our affection because he knows that there's no other God that can provide for us. Remember, think back to the very first commandment. I am the Lord your God. There is no other God but me. I am jealous for you because there is no other God. If you pursue any other God, it will always fall short because it's a false God. It's a paper God. You can push it over. He cannot provide for you what you want because there are no other gods but me. They're cheap imitations and trinkets. So coveting, which would seem like it's kind of this little cheap add-on to the Ten Commandments, is actually extremely important first thing I want you to get is this is it is not sin light okay it's not sin light in Romans chapter 1 verses 28 through 31 says this since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God now think does that sound like our culture foolish to acknowledge who God is right there's only one God we're proclaiming the scripture says that it's truth that the one God is Yahweh so those that proclaim that it's foolish to know him all right Uh, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should never be done. Ways of sinning that dishonor their parents. Their lives become what? Because they don't acknowledge God, become full of every kind of wickedness, sin, coveting, another word for greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, gossip. Does it sound like election time? They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. We invent new ways of sinning and disobey our parents. What? Disobeying our parents is in the midst of that? They refuse to understand. They break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. Coveting is in the midst of all of that. It is not sin light. It is sin. God is concerned about our heart. He's concerned about our thoughts. Because again, it's not bad to have these desires or these feelings, okay, that we see something, we're motivated. However, these desires and feelings need to be put in their proper place and in the proper way. Now, there's one worldview, one world thought, that's very popular these days. You, you hear about it, and maybe you don't even, can't even put it into thought, is you've heard the word karma, you've heard the words nirvana, you've heard all these different words, and so... One of the most common things, teachings, is the Buddhist teaching, and they teach that suffering, that you can kind of think out, and suffering is a natural thing, okay? And so I want you to grasp that this is something that you constantly hear, and I want you to wipe out, all right? Life is suffering, all right? That's what the Buddhists will teach you, that life is suffering. Scripture teaches us that life is to be to the full, and that we can have a full life and a complete life, how? Through the person of Jesus Christ. Buddhists teach you that all of life is about suffering. They also teach you that suffering is caused by craving. Now, who gave us these cravings? God. God naturally gave us desires. He gave us cravings. He gave us the ability to see and to say, that is good. Buddhists would teach you that that is a bad thing. And because you crave, then you suffer. And that the only way to get out of suffering is to get to this place, a state of nirvana. All right. And suffering ends when you stop craving listen the scripture teaches us it is natural for you to crave that you should want to crave and want to have these things and god's naturally put us in it but the deal for us is to understand that god wants to guide us and direct us on the path and that those things those cheap trinkets that we pursue are not god and not a replacement for god not sin light other moral codes have had other things, but none of them have this idea of covet. It's a heart issue. Coveting is completely about the heart. We've talked about this over the last few weeks, that adultery is more than just the act. It's lust in the heart that we see someone and and, and move beyond just saying, hey, God, you did good with creation. We move past that. Murder is hate and anger in the heart, that we don't just necessarily physically take a life, but if we say something about someone that changes how people think about them when they walk into the room, motivated by hate or anger or whatever, we're pushing other people down to raise ourselves up. That is murder. That coveting is taking and stealing from someone else that something that is rightfully theirs. We want it and we take it in that moment that in our heart that we have the transaction beginning to think, I wish that they didn't have it and it was mine. That is coveting. We even see it in Joshua chapter seven when Achan, the Israelites, are on marching in. They're into the Promised Land, beginning to clear out the land. Achan's sin was he saw the plunder. Now God had told the people, wipe the people out, wipe out the plunder, bring the stuff to me, and we'll prepare it. But wipe everything out. And Achan saw the plunder. He saw the, the the gold and all the different stuff, and he's like. It says in Joshua chapter 7, verse 21, I saw it and I coveted after it. And so I took it and hid it. That we have that do. We go to the store and we see something and we're like, I need that. Is the words that we say. And so what do we do? We know that we probably can't really afford it right now, but I need it. And so we put it on this thing called Visa and Discover or MasterCard. Right? That's where we get caught. We see it. We see the plunder. And we're like, I need it. And I need it now. And so we do what we can to get it. In James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, God, God shows us this inner struggle that we have with covenant. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that you battle within? My bad. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Now think about this. As God's children, if you've said yes to Jesus, you've been adopted by him and you become his child, he wants the best for you. He craves to give you what you need when you want. But many times, some of the times, we don't have what we want because you haven't asked. You have something that you're wanting, you're desiring. Have you ever asked? You think, no, because you place limits on what God would give you. God wants to bless his children. Now, he may say no, but he may say yes. If you don't ask, you will not receive, right? You plant. If you sow something, that's what you're going to grow. And here in us, we have these natural desires and our father wants to give us what is what he can when it's right for us there's times a four or five-year-old will go to their parents and say hey i would love to drive the car how many four how many parents are going to give their children the keys of a four or five-year-old the keys to the car not very many right hopefully none but there might be a few it may be those little bitty powered cars okay but not a real car. And so there's times that we come to God and we ask for things like that. That He's just It's like, wait, no, that's not going to happen. However, there are reasonable requests of a 16, 17, 18-year-old that's had some driving lessons, that's had some time. They come to mom or dad and say, hey, can I take the car out today? You're more likely to receive the keys with parameters, right? That's how God works with us as well. There's moments... Or are where there's something that we want and it's the proper parameters and we ask and we ask and we ask. And then when it's a proper time and the proper way, the proper desires, with the right motivation, God grants those things. But sometimes we're like the two-year-old at Walmart or H-E-B in line and we see the candy or the little trinket. And what do they do? They throw a fit. Why? Because they think if they throw the fit, they'll get God's mom or dad's attention and will annoy them enough to get it. Now... One of the reasons they do it is because they've done it before and it's worked, right? But that we do that with God, it's just like, God, just give it. And we throw temper tantrums. And if we don't get what we want, when we want it, how we want it, sometimes we walk away from God saying, God doesn't care about me or love me. When in reality, God does love you and care about you. And that's why you don't get it. That's why sometimes God allows us to throw the temper tantrums. Because he knows that we need to be able to ask. And he still loves us, but he's like, it's not the right time. You do not need another piece of candy. You do not need another toy. I've got something better for you. In James chapter 4, verse 3, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on what you on your personal pleasures. Again, the motives by which we ask, that there are things that, that we want and uh, the heart issue behind those things. Coveting, in reality, is a failure to love our neighbors well. It's not fair. Think about Christmas time. Two kids get together and one kid gets a toy and they're like, yeah, that's exciting. And then the other kid opens up their toy, and they're like, yeah, that's exciting. The kid that just got the other toy is now mad because they think the other kid got a better toy, and they fight over it even though they didn't ask for it. But they fight over it. Have you ever had that happen or seen that happen? That's how we do it. Coveting is that. Is we God has given us good gifts, but we begin to look at the gifts of other kids and go, I want that. I need that. And you never even asked for it. You didn't even know that you needed it or wanted it until you saw somebody else with it. And God said, and that's what our coveting is, is a failure to love our neighbor as ourself and wanting what they want. And this, this mindset of it's not fair. And our misplaced desires lead us to discontentment. Our misplaced desires lead us to a spirit of discontent. And our discontent is an expression of how much we think God owes us. Because we don't believe that God truly cares about us or is big enough to take care of our needs. Even in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, we see that that coveting is this this idolatry. That I can't live without that person, that place, or that possession. And we want it and we need it. Again, this idea of coveting be a heart issue. Is anything that captures our attention and our gaze is a cheap imitation of, of something that we have these cheap trinkets. So how do you know then if you have a heart problem or if you have a coveting problem? Four things that I want you to get this heart diagnosis of, of the coveting problem. The first thing is this have you ever hurt someone else to get ahead? I mean I don't physically hurt someone, but if you kind of stepped over others or done what you can to, to get the job promotion or get what you want, and it could be, you know, brother or sister, or whoever, you're gonna cheat others, you're gonna cut corners, you've neglected something, you've got a you're bottom line driven. And I think, I've think in pictures, and so I think of a band-aid. You know, if you hurt someone in such a way that it, if, it, maybe at the minimum, they need a band-aid to cover over that. The second way that we need a heart diagnosis is sometimes we're preoccupied with making and accumulating more. That we have this misnomer, we have a spirit of discontent, and so we're constantly wanting and possessing. I think of Amazon, right? That, that we're one quick click away from happiness. And that if I just have this, and so we're in this world where we can quickly, quickly click, and boom, it's here even more. So it feels like it's here even before you, like, get up from the computer. The doorbell's ringing, and it's there. It's that that quick. So you're moving that way. The more we possess, the greater the danger that those things can possess you. Um, That that The more that we have that we own, the more that those things begin to uh, um, own us. Another way that this heart diagnosis is an unwillingness to give up what you already have. And here I think of a closed fist. That what's mine is mine. Again, I think the pictures of kids fighting, and they're like, no, they're gonna. This is mine, and they kind of wrap their arms around it. They'll even stuff it in their pockets, and they'll move it, and they'll hide it because they don't want other kids to play with it. I think the perfect illustration of that is the rich young ruler. Right, The rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And he's like, I do all the Ten Commandments. I've met all these different things. And Jesus says to him, Then you need to sell all of your possessions. Give it to the poor and follow me. Again, the heart transformation. And the young man said, Nah, it's not worth it. It's not worth following you to sell all of my possessions. Finally, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Verses 10 and 11, it says this. Those who love money will never have enough. Those who love money are motivated and driven and purposed. That's our God. You will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to you to help you spend it. Listen. Every pro athlete, That's one part of their story. As friends and family and all these hanger honors, they find family they didn't even know they had. Why? Because wealth, people are drawn to it like flies through a light. They are there. They want it. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? Coveting. What are the things that we're pursuing What are the things that we're after? God flips this Ten Commandments and he says, You think that you haven't done any of these things? You don't struggle this? Listen, I know that you desire some things. And those things aren't necessarily bad. But in the right way, in the right place, in the right time, those are for you. As followers of Jesus, we should be satisfied and content with the greatest gift which we have in the person of Jesus Christ. For some reason, it's humanity, right? This is our humanness. For some reason, even though we know that we should be fully satisfied in him, we think, if I just had this, if I just had that, and for most of us, if we're to look at the things that were still in the areas of our life where we're trying to find freedom, it's because we've coveted. We've bitten off more than we can chew, whether it's in your financial life, whether it's in relational life, whatever it may be, coveting is about our heart transformation and pursuing God and God alone and not giving our affections fully to him, but to some other things, thinking that they'll bring happiness. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. That your grace and patience with us is long. Father, that in our humanity, there's things that we always want. There always is a new shiny car. There's always a new shiny toy. And Father, in a day and age where these things are a click away, Father, it's so easy to be distracted by those things. And and in a reality, to, to medicate Many times the pain and suffering in our heart and our life, instead of leaning into you. So Father, I just pray for us this morning, that as we think about the things that we pursue and our heart's affections go to, that Father, that we would quit clicking on the cheap trinkets that the world has to offer, and to truly put our hearts and souls' affections and our eyes' affections upon you. To bring you glory and honor, even in the small details of our life. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Cross Point Community Church podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Crosspoint Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.